Hi guys and welcome back. You guys remember Friday th- Friday's episode I wasn't really motored up. Today I am good ending of the draft. Day 2 is great. Day 3 they filled in a few more needs. But welcome back Harvey. We're just going to hop right into it today. It's good to see you back on here. So I'm just going to ask you straight away. What is your grade for the draft? I'm going to give him a solid B+. Obviously, the, the the Gibbs and the Camel pick at 12 and 18 are the things that everybody's talking about, whether or not they agree or disagree. Um, I think when you just look at the front four, even exclude Hooker, you know, Branch, Laporta, Campbell, Gibbs, I think it's good, even though take away necessarily where they got drafted. I think they filled the four main needs that they needed most. The reason I give it a B plus is because when you go farther down the, the list, like I, I like Broderick Martin, the defensive tackle from Western Kentucky, but I don't know if we need to trade that many picks for him. You know, it was a little, little shaky, but obviously they see something that they like. But yeah, I'd say a B plus overall. I give him a B. It's the order they drafted the guys in that gives me a B. If you look at the sole players they drafted, that's an A, A minus draft easily. Like there's no, if they go like Brian Branch at 12, which you and I were just talking about before the episode is probably one of the biggest steals in this draft, if not the biggest. You grabbed him in the second round. If you grab him at 12, you grab Gibbs at 18. People are walking away the first day and they're just clapping their hands saying it's an A plus first day. He still ended up grabbing, I think, all the guys he wanted. You want to know my biggest takeaway? You know how he said he had four guys they had a man crush on or a draft man crush? You want to know my guess? What 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 is it? I think they got three out of the four. They missed out on Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. I think that was their biggest one. Gibbs was clearly one of their guys. Campbell was clearly one of their guys. And to give up that much capital to get Broderick, he was the other guy. I feel like that was their man crush. I feel like they think they're comfortable enough at DT right now with Levi. They think Levi might be healthy, is my guess, why they waited so long to go DT, a position that was probably our biggest need. They might be comfortable with the guys they have right now on that D-line, which is okay if they're all healthy. We'll see what they can do. But I think with this line right now, it on paper, that's the weak link of the team. I still think they should have gone kicker in this draft. Not a fan of Badgley. You, you've heard me on here millions of episodes of why I don't think he's the kicker. I'm still upset they didn't go kicker. You see they uh, signed undrafted? You'll like this one. No, I didn't. Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota. Okay, He yeah, might the make way. the roster. He, yeah. I like the way he falls forward. Every yeah. carry. But I, I think they did a decent job. I think they made win-now moves. These weren't moves for a team that's rebuilding still. Those are like Kansas City, Philly moves. Those are just grabbing your best available everywhere and hoping and praying they all pan out well. They grabbed guys that were all over my big board. And don't ever doubt an Iowa tight end. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. The one thing that I think can be brought up, because I think there is like one really big pro in con is like you said, I think the Gibbs pick at 12, that one especially of all of them kind of says to the fans, like even not even fans of Lions, just fans of, of football that like the Lions think they can win right now. Because I'm sure you saw the stat, like the last seven NFL, their Super Bowl champ, like winning running backs, like Garrett Blount, guys like that, like got not like big household names. But the, the only one thing I don't like about it is obviously the 
not only do the Lions not have a horrible track record of taking running backs in the first and second round in the last five or 10 years, but every team kind of does. That never really pans out. But like you said, it kind of just proves that they think they can already win, which the running back position we know is just such a plug and play position anyway. So I think that's okay. But I actually have a question for you, Kenny. Mm -hmm. I want to know what team you thought had the best draft. And then I'll give you my answer. Because to me, it's a clear favorite. Yeah, I agree. It's not even close. New England had the worst. Yeah, you get Jalen Carr. Uh, and the Niners are close too. Taking Jake Moody in the third round is, I'm sorry, I'm Michigan biased, but that's unbelievable. He's nowhere near a fifth. I think he's a fifth round, if that. And I still think a fifth was a stretch of him. He was like 30% on 50 plus yards this year. Oh, I know. Or this this last season. I mean, in the NFL, all if you look at like the top 15 kickers, they're all they're all 75 plus. But yeah, so. The thing about Philly that's awesome is they get the three Georgia defenders again, Carter, mm-hmm. Smith, Ringo, after the getting the two from last year. But I also, I think Sidney Brown is, you know, getting him like in the third round was, early third round was one of the best picks in the draft. I'm excited because we're going to probably see them in the playoffs. And then we're going to really know who had the better draft if we see them in the playoffs. Howie Roseman is actually incredible, I would say. I think that guy is going to be a legend in Philly. He's the reason why they're where they are right now. I mean, he's drafted really smart. He's signed really smart free agents. He's built up those lines, and he made it even better with Jalen Carter. I mean, they did not need Jalen Carter at all, and they still grabbed him and traded up for him. If the Eagles don't beat the Lions in the playoffs, I'll be shocked. I don't think we have a chance in hell against them this year. I think this front office thinks they do, but I don't think we do. I think the one thing, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Uh-huh. Do you think we're rushing this rebuild too fast? Um, I'd say, I, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think, um, I think, I mean, again, a lot of people, I know you have people on and people that listen that go back and forth on this, but I think golf is a win now. You have you have obviously top two or three offensive line in all of the National Football League, and then on defensively, you know that's where they that's where the you know the kind of the inconsistency and the struggles were. But I still think a year, all those guys getting a year older, Hutch, Kirby, and then what we did in the offseason in terms of secondary, I think, uh, and now Jack Campbell too. I think no, I know I wouldn't say they're rushing it. I think they're ready to go, and it's also going to help that. The NFC North could be historically bad this year. I like Justin Fields. I still don't think the Bears are going to be very good. I'm sorry. Jordan loves a California guy. I love my California guys, but the Packers are going to suck. Their defense isn't very good. They don't have very many weapons. And I like the Jaden Reed pick. And then the the Vikings, you never know. So The division sucks. Yeah. No doubt about that. The Vikings are probably 8-9 win team. Chicago's in the 6-7-8 range. Green Bay's at the 5-6-7 range. Yeah. I think we're at like a nine through 13 range. Yeah. That, the, on, a high, on a high point. Yeah. I would say, I said before the draft, they'd win 10. I'd say after making all those win now moves, I'm going to put them at 11. That's my pick right now. 12 is a little too much. If they can get the 12, I'll be ecstatic. That's kind of my like expectation, but I'm going to set it a little lower than I, sh- than I think they're going to land. And 11 is a fair number. They should host the playoff home game at Ford Field for the first time in franchise history. Isn't that crazy? We've been alive our entire lives and haven't seen a home game at Ford Field in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about it is too is you still gotta you still gotta make it through the regular season healthy and play well. So you you never know. They're easily a top three team in the NFC. And the Eagles are the best team in the NFL, and it's not close. No. So that is that obviously doesn't help very much, but I think the Lions definitely can make a case for um where 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 would you have the Lions ranked heading into the season uh, in the NFC? Hide second with 49ers. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I think they'll end a game apart from each other. I will really see who's better in the playoffs between the two because we don't get them in the regular season, which I wish we would get some of those games. I, I want to just say I wish we had some of those tougher games in the regular season uh-huh. that we w- we're good enough where we can beat those tough teams now. I mean, we, we even showed it last year with no defense that we can beat some of those tough teams. So I'm just curious because we haven't talked about this yet. Hendon Hooker, I like the pick. I think there's a that's a nothing to lose pick. You draft him in the third round. If he ends up pushing Goff out of Detroit, you know what? That's a great pick. We got our future quarterback at 26 years old. I don't have a problem with that. But I think he's going to come in right away. I think he's a good locker room presence. He's already only two years younger than Goff. So he's going to know how to lead a locker room right away. I think guys are going to gravitate towards him right away. I think that was a good pick. I think that's a nothing to lose. If he pans out, he pans out. If not, whatever, we spent a third on him. He'll be a very good journeyman backup around the league if he doesn't pan out. I don't mind that pick. I think that was a smart pick. I actually wanted him at that point in the draft. Because remember, I said on here multiple times I wanted him in the second round. And they were able to grab him in the third, which I didn't think was going to be possible. Because remember, there was a lot of buzz about him going in like the first round range. Like right before the draft, they were saying that guy was like a first round pick. The fact we got him in the third, a guy that was smoke screened as a first. If one team bought the smoke screen, they would have jumped on him in the first. Plain and simple. Somebody would have jumped on Levis right away, too. I wanted either Levis at 34 or I wanted Hooker in the second round at some point. They grabbed him. I think it was a good pick. I don't have an issue with it. What do you think? I agree. I was a third rounder. Mechanically, he's really good. And like you said, he's old. He's going to step in and he's he's already very mature. He's he's going to be able to step into an NFL locker room and I kind of see him just kind of fitting in already. I forgot exactly the terminology you used, but I don't it's like I don't see any issues with that because it's worst case, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh third rounder we spent after getting the first four guys that they probably really wanted besides Devin Witherspoon. And 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 if he doesn't pan out, I mean it's it's still we'll still ride the golf train. So, you know what's scary? I'm just moving the Brian Branch. Tracy Walker is still on the roster. And people aren't even talking about Tracy Walker coming back. Your secondary is deep. Like it oh, went yeah. from paper thin to deep as hell. Yeah, one of the deepest in the in the NFL now. If not the deepest, right? And now. this is this is what I wanted to talk to you about too, is I can't understand this because it seems to happen with Alabama secondary guys all the time. They guys, even like Minka Fitzpatrick went in like the twenties when people thought he could have been a top six or seven pick when he got drafted. There's been a ton of things like this, even Jordan battle who went like in the third round, I think he could have been a mid second round pick. I don't get why NFL coaches don't trust Alabama secondaries guys coming out into the draft. Nick Saban's easily the best college coach ever. Like that's unanimous consensus. We all understand that. And I'm sure you probably knew, know this, but Saban's a DB's guy. He spends like 80% of their practices with the defensive backs. So I don't get why you couldn't trade for the Lions, but I would. I think Branch could have been a top 20 pick. 
I think Branch could have gone at 18 and nobody would have said a word. If they went with Campbell at 34 and they went with Branch at 18, nobody says a word about this draft. Branch will be a stud. First off, he can play the nickel, which is something we play a ton of. So you might be able to stick him around corner. You can stick him at safety. You can do a lot of different things with Brian Branch because he's so versatile, which is why it makes no sense to me why nobody would bite at such a versatile secondary player that showed at the college level he was good. He never showed that he was like this bust or this guy that could slip past the first day. That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. We see it every year. It's like a few guys that have no reason making it into the second round, go in the second round, and end up being studs from day one. Branch will be a stud from day one. He might back up the first couple weeks and might just rotate in and out of Kirby, in and out of CJ, in and out of Jerry Jacobs. You might see him as like the fourth or fifth guy in the secondary. But when he hits the field, I think we're going to be very impressed and we're going to see the potential. And you have playmakers back there now. There wasn't really a playmaker last year. Who's your playmaker, Okuda? What, he had one pick in his whole career here? You didn't, Kirby. Kirby was your playmaker down the stretch. But in the start of the season, you never had a playmaker. Now this year, the start of the season, you have established playmakers everywhere in that secondary between C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Cam Sutton. We'll see how Emmanuel Mosley comes back from his injury. Kirby's a playmaker. Tracy Walker, I've always thought, was a solid playmaker. Branch is a playmaker. And Jerry Jacobs as your third corner. I mean, there's not many teams in the league that have the luxury of having three corners that all make plays. We'll see what happens. This is a different secondary than last year. The D-line looks good. The linebackers are clearly better with Jack Campbell. I think anything can happen this year. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I think the not in terms of dates. I don't. The schedule's not out, uh, obviously, for the NFL. But I do. It is. Think, we have the teams, though. Yeah, but we have the teams exactly. So I'm like, I I just took a peek at it and look at it right now. So it look it looks like they play. They play the the AFC West is one of the divisions that they play. Um, and they also play the NFC South, which I love. But well, they're supposed to be tough, obviously. But again, it's different this year just because I hate to be cliche, but you don't have to play the Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay Packers two times. And then Chicago, eh, and Minnesota, you know, you'll you know they'll probably lose to them one time. They'll probably lose at Minnesota, but they'll win at home. You know, that's a game you know you'll win. But just looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean, I do think your your mark of 10 or 11 could hit. I think Seattle's gonna be underrated again playing at Dallas, at Baltimore, at Tampa Bay, and at New Orleans. That's all kind of brutal, to be honest with you, though. At Kansas City. At Kansas City, yeah. At the Chargers, too. There's no way that can be right, right? No, it is. I. They're saying Kansas City might be in Germany, is the rumor. Wow, okay. Expect so, a lot of primetime games with that schedule, though. Yeah, I mean, so that means they play they play Seattle at home, the Raiders at home, the Broncos at home. So the, their home their home schedule. The, the, the honestly, call me crazy right now. Okay, this eight is and home. at home. Take they could not lose a game at home. Yeah, I've said that the entire off season. I think they'll lose Seattle at home. People are, don't talk about Seattle because they don't have that flashy player, but K nine this year is going to be up for top running back, I think, in the league. Yeah, and obviously they trust Geno because they they want Witherspoon at five. 
also what's interesting about that is this is things I wish I was just in the draft room for, like to be able to like be a fly on the wall, you know, in a draft room to hear things is if Anthony Richardson doesn't go forward, do the Seahawks take him at five? Do you think, or I, I don't know. That's, that's the things about the NFL draft. Like I wish I kind of knew everyone liked a quarterback going to Seattle for months. And then three of them go in the first four picks, which was possible, but people didn't really think it was going to happen. And then they go corner. So I don't know. That's interesting. You know what's interesting? I think, I don't know why you're so comfortable with Geno Smith. That's what's interesting to me. I know probably a lot of fans outside of Detroit say the same thing about Jared Goff that don't watch, you know, the Lions on a weekly basis. But it's kind of strange to me that they have so much hope in Geno Smith. Yeah, and also, but I, I, I mean, not to get on Seattle. I did like Seattle's draft, though, Witherspoon and Smith. Me too. The only other team I wanted to talk about other than the Lions, because I know we want to focus on the Lions mainly, but um, you got to love what Houston did. I mean, come on. They got the two best players in this draft. You know they, I'm higher easily on the two best, Easily the two best players. I'm, I'm a, I would take Bryce. Here's, here's the way I look at the quarterbacks. If I had number one overall, I would have taken Bryce just because I think his ceiling is like, we don't know what it could be, but I think Stroud is the surefire. He could easily just step in and be an okay NFL quarterback at bare minimum. Everyone, not only us, it just raves about Will Anderson. He was easily the best player in the draft. Like he was in a tier of his own, in my opinion. And the only reason he went three is because the first two is because Houston and and uh, Carolina desperately needed quarterbacks. I don't think it even matters. They don't have a first-round pick next year. They got the two best players in this draft. If I'm a yeah. Houston fan, I'm in love with this draft. I have nothing to say about next year. It's ballsy, very ballsy to go out and grab the two best players in this draft because if one of them doesn't pan out, you don't have a first-round pick next year, and you're still in the middle of a rebuild. And yeah. we, we've seen the track record of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not pretty. It's never been pretty. Now, granted, my argument has been Urban Meyer was the head coach for all those guys, not Ryan Day. So we'll yeah. see if this is different with Ryan Day. It seems like C.J. Stroud's not Urban Meyer quarterback either. I think Stroud, if you can give him some solid receivers in the next year's draft, the Texans are looking like a scary team in three, two or three years. And we all know it's like a two-year turnaround NFL. We can very well see Houston come out this year and win six or seven games yeah. because they have talent now. It's not yeah. a lack of talent in Houston anymore. They have some talent. They just need more. And maybe they'll hit on their third or fourth round picks like Detroit has. And they might, they might have guys who hit the field right away and play hard. Don't sleep on Houston after this draft. I think they absolutely killed it. Yeah, those. I remember seeing that. Like, I wasn't watching the draft for, like, the first four or five picks because I, I forgot I was at work. I turned it on right for, like, the Lions pick. But I remember seeing Houston Tech, Will Anderson at three, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You at least have to give the GM, that GM credit for having some balls, you know? Like like you said, giving up your first rounder, that takes – Balls. And a second rounder. Yeah, and a second rounder. But, yeah, no, it was, um, it was interesting. But, yeah, no, you know, back to the Lions, I think. It was a good draft. Plug positions you needed. Now you just got to go out and play and win games. It's just as simple as that. I think, funny enough, of all those picks, I love Brian Branch. You know Jameer Gibbs is going to play from the start because it's only him and David Montgomery, which also is weird because that really neither of those guys are really good pass blockers. No, but Craig Reynolds is a decent blocker. Yeah, no. So, yeah, Craig Reynolds will definitely get mixed in. 
But I think Jack Campbell could potentially end up being the most important to us this year. We'll see, though. I'm not hating that take. Look, you have a lot of guys that can just come in and play right away, which is something that we didn't have last year. Remember, they slowly moved Kirby in. They slowly moved Houston in. They didn't start playing a lot of their rookies until midway through the season. Then they started turning it up a notch. Now you have guys that are day one ready, guys that will push guys in camp. And Jack Campbell's going to push Anzalone. There's no way. Oh, yeah. He'll push Rodrigo, too. Branch is going to end up pushing everybody in the secondary. Uh-huh. There's guys that are going to come in right away and just push, which is something I really wanted. Something that we didn't have before this draft was depth. Something I said they needed to address in this draft. They had a different strategy than I would have had coming in to address depth, but they ended up filling out the depth with first and borderline, borderline second round picks throughout this draft. Mm-hmm. We're not even talking about Laporta right now. I, you know, I've said they want I wanted them to grab a second a second round tight end with their first pick. I said that on the episode of the day off. They end up grabbing it. They clearly liked him more than Mayer, yep. which was interesting to me. But yeah. when you look at the track record of Iowa tight ends in the NFL, you know the last three? George well, Kittle. Kittle, Hawk, and uh, Fan. Yeah, all pretty damn good tight ends. The oh, track yeah. record is good. It, yeah. There's no reason why it shouldn't work out here. Again, this is a shot in the dark because obviously we don't know what they are thinking. I think Mayer gives you more of like a don't take this comparison to heart, but just, you know, how like people think like Kittle's the best overall tight end in terms of everything he does, pass blocking, run blocking, and then being able to catch. Mm-hmm. I think they saw Mayer as more of like a Kelsey, like a playmaker kind of guy and thought, you know, we don't necessarily need that. We kind of saw that when they traded Hawk and Brock Wright was playing well. Like they don't need the tight end to be like a big playmaker. Laporte is a good pass catcher, but I think he's a really good pass and run blocker as well, which is one of the reasons why they like him so much. The offensive line pick was weird to me too in the fifth round, but I'm glad they addressed some depth there. I know a lot of people are like weary on that pick. I've never heard of the guy, so I'm not going to sit here, bash a pick. I know nothing about the guy. They clearly saw something in him. Yeah. But we're really deep this year. Like you're deep at tight end. You're deep. You're even deep at quarterback now. That's a position you were the thinnest at. You're deep in running backs. You're Receivers will be interesting. I think they'll still go out and sign somebody, at least to fill the gap of JMO for the first couple of weeks. I know that Brown <laughs> pick is a, is a speedster and might play right away. I heard they didn't utilize him really well at UNC. They kind of just made him a deep ball threat, which might be his role the first couple of weeks because we don't have a deep ball threat right now. Maybe yeah. we'll see a seventh round pick hit the field the first couple of weeks and get a lot of touches. I don't know. We, we'll see what happens in camp. You have guys that are going to play. You have studs all over the place. And I expect a 12-win season, 11-win season. Like, I expect high expectations. I hope you do too. I know you have high expectations as well. And I think that this season, they'll host a home game at Fort Field in the playoffs. I'm that confident. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, again, just got to go out and prove it. I think last thing I'll say is before we before we end it is, I think when you walk into a locker room for OTAs that first time, like the Eagles, they like think say they didn't even lose in the Super Bowl in a close game. Say they lost in the first round and they have all this talent. You walk in and you can kind of just feel it just feels different. I think when they walk in 
to OTAs for the first time and Dan Campbell's fired up and he, and he's just exerting all that energy. They they were the best team down the stretch last season, which is funny enough, even though they didn't make the playoffs. I think everyone's just kind of going to look around and be like, okay, we're not the, the Detroit of old. Like we are one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the NFL. We need to win the division and we need to go out and we need to host a, a home playoff game this year, like you said. So I think the players will play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because funny enough, and I'm okay with it. I still don't think we're they're going to get as much love as they should. Really? Kidding. I see more love than anything ever before. Well, yeah, but that's also because look at, I mean, look at the last five years. It, it hasn't been good, but I think, I think if you ask a lot of analysts, they're not going to have the Lions in their top two or three power rankings in the NFC. They'll, they'll have them at, they'll have them at four. Wait on Vegas it. likes us. Vegas does like us. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> it, does, it does kind of scare me a little bit. We're division <laughs> favorites the first time. They're so. like, hang, they're like hanging the bay for you. But again, the division favorites, that's not too crazy. I mean, the no. division's it's one of the worst divisions in football this year, easily. I'm telling you, I got one more argument for you. I'm curious what you think of this. This is the best roster we've had in franchise history. This is better than 2014. This is better than anything we've had in the 90s. This might not be the most talented. Because you had, you know, generation talents out of Barry and Calvin. But this is the most stacked roster across the board we've had. Most complete team we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be. I mean, they're just deep. But I mean, besides maybe like receiver, they're deep at every, they're just deep at every position. Um, I mean, I can't say that's, I guess, about some of the offensive line, but Again, when you have a top two or three offensive line in the NFL, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter so much. But yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely, I would have to go back and look at some of like their, those Barry teams and stuff like that. But I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong to say that. I'm going to wrap up this episode now. Thanks for hopping on, Harvey. Yeah, thanks, Kenny. Appreciate you having me on always. Great, great draft and we'll be back probably tomorrow with some rundowns of the weekend uh tigers are actually playing decent baseball right now for the first time in a couple months wow they've been oh yeah yeah. and kenny and i have a bet kenny and i have a bet over under 60 wins on the detroit tigers 60 all i need is 61 yeah you're probably gonna hit that the way they're playing right now (laughs) Go go tigers go lions i'll see you guys on monday